Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawks are with you on a Tuesday. A lot to get to. We'll get to Aaron Judge versus the field for the home run leader of Major League Baseball MLB card today. A big one, including a doubleheader. So a lot to get to. Uh, on the slate for the rest of the show. Any uh, news we get, if anything comes down with Deshaun Watson, a potential suspension, how it affects the Browns' odds this season. We'll get to all that as well, but we're going to be joined here in a couple minutes by Alex Christensen, uh, who's a great guest of ours. We've talked to him before, Brown Bag Bets, Sports Wager U, Bets US NBA. And um, we came in there, Joe, with a little uh, conversation there about Zach Levine, whether he's going to stay or not. NBA free agency with the Bulls coming up here in just a full uh, few days. Let's talk to Alex. Alex Christensen joining us right now on the Roman guest line. Alex, NBA free agency on the horizon. Um, what did you make of the Kyrie Irving decision and how it impacts the NBA for next season? Had to pull up the rules to see whether or not he could still be traded. There was a lot of tweets back and forth. I think Shams maybe would have redone that first tweet if he had a chance. He could still be traded. Just because he's opted in doesn't mean he can't be traded in the next couple weeks. And I I think, because I don't totally understand the exact particulars, I think him opting in makes it easier for him to be traded to the Lakers. Now, they still have to find a way to move Russell Westbrook, which... Uh, he's been traded twice, so I've been wrong twice since they've signed this contract that he was untradeable. So maybe it happens a third time. Maybe the Lakers can find a third team to facilitate taking Russell Westbrook and giving the Nets some sort of interesting um, – um, and giving some interesting pieces there. But we'll see. I, I think it's more of a non-decision than it was made out to be. Alex, what about DeAndre Ayton? Uh, there are a couple sports books that offered Ayton his next team odds and drastic movement yesterday and some of it connected to Kyrie uh, with the with the Brooklyn Nets as a landing spot it was as high as 60 to 1 at one point and I believe last time last I checked it was the second favorite at three to one can you see Aiton going to Brooklyn or anywhere else I can definitely see Aiton being on the move. We know that, historically speaking, the Phoenix Suns owner is one of the cheapest owners in the league, does not like signing players to long-term contracts unless he thinks they're really good. I mean, even Devin Booker had to fight really hard to get the money that he got. Chris Paul, we saw at the end of last season, maybe on a little bit of a downturn. And if they could take Aiton and turn him into a piece, that would be pretty interesting. Now, I think that piece, if it's the Nets, might be Durant. Um, We started to hear some whispers and rumors that maybe he's open to a move, especially if Kyrie is going to be going somewhere else because I don't think Durant wants to be there by himself with just Ben Simmons and maybe Joe Harris and a couple shooters. So I found that movement really interesting um, that Aiton, you know, it seems at this point the market thinks he's going to be a Brooklyn net. I think if that does happen, it might be Durant more than Kyrie. 
John Wall to the Clippers. You're seeing the Clippers now as the second favorite at six to one. If you're looking at some of these NBA championship futures, where might you be looking or even anticipating more possible moves? Is there a team you'd you'd bet on now um, to win it all and find some value? Two teams I like quite a bit as I look at some of the odds at BetMGM, the Dallas Mavericks and the Miami Heat. Those are two teams that have a lot of ability to move players. They are two teams that have a lot of trade capabilities to possibly make. We know that Pat Riley is just sitting there lurking, always able to do Pat Riley things to come out of nowhere. And again, if Durant wants to get moved, I certainly imagine Miami is going to be sticking their, their toe in the water and trying hard to, to get Durant there. So I think you start to grab some Miami numbers just given, A, how good that team is. I mean, the floor for them looks like, you know, they're at least second round of the playoffs, maybe another conference finals for them. So 14 to 1, I think that number only gets smaller as this um, postseason goes on. And then the Dallas Mavericks, um, again, another team with a lot of flexibility. We know that Mark Cuban is really aggressive in trying to go out and get his guys and Jalen Brunson, although he is a restricted free agent, that gives them actually some a little bit of optionality, if you will. They can match an offer and keep him. They can use him in a sign-in trade or something like that. So as I start to look at futures in general, I'm just trying to look for numbers that are only going to get lower. And I think that heat number and that Mavericks number is going to be single digits by the time we tip off. Alex, um, James Harden's free agency is interesting. I think everyone realizes he's going to be back in Philadelphia. Him and Daryl Morey, like, you know, those two are like best friends. And uh, maybe like, it's almost like family, those two. They love each other. But the question is, how are they going to structure this deal? And can the Sixers open up more space to add other players? P.J. Tucker's been mentioned. What do you think would be best for the Sixers at this point? Let it ride out? Because, you know, it could be a one-year thing for Harden. I, you know, that might be best with his decline. Or I mean, a Chris Paul a couple years ago situation where it was like a four-year deal, he opted out, and then he signed a four-year deal, smoothed the money out. What, what do you think about Harden's future here? Because there was excitement in Philadelphia when they got him, and then you know the last six weeks or so, it looked like he's uh, or was in, in pretty serious decline as the playoffs went, went through. Well, to come completely out of left field, I'll toss a caveat there that I don't think it matters at all what the Sixers do as long as Glenn Rivers is the head coach. I think <laughs> James Harden is going to get some sort of long-term deal. Um, him and Dale Morey have a great relationship. They love working together. Morey just thinks the absolute world of the guy, even though he's aged a little bit. So if the Sixers can sign him to a three- to four-year deal with maybe a team option in the fourth year at you know less than a really big number, th that's honestly the only way they can keep the team together. The Sixers, I think, I think or over the cap and maybe pushing that second level where, you know, you don't have a mid-level exception and all that good stuff there. So it's really difficult for them to make moves. I think that's why you saw the Danny Green trade on draft night to pick up DeAnthony Melton. That's a really nice kind of little tweak to help make the team better. So I think they do have to hold on to Harden. I don't think that there's a trade out there for him. And again, just, just kind of see how it goes. There were moments when Embiid and Harden looked fantastic together and moments where they looked like they had never played basketball together. So maybe an off season, maybe a full season together makes a big difference. But I think that it's hard to see Harden being anywhere but Philadelphia next year. Alex, I wanted to follow up on uh, the NBA title odds that you were talking about just a few minutes ago. And you can find some of those around 20, uh, 12 months out. Does that bother you at all? Uh, as far as NBA futures, are title, title odds the only one you're willing to jump in on? Or it, there were spots that had MVP stuff open for next season before this past season uh, wrapped up. Just your overall approach as far as NBA futures uh, in the summer before. 
it's a pretty divisive topic. And I think a lot of it comes down to your betting style. If you're someone that's trying to take a pile of money and flip it over regularly again, um, you find a lot of technical bettors are like that. If you're someone that's trying to middle a lot or you know do a lot of arbitrage, taking your money and putting it into a future for six, eight, 10, 12 months can really hamstring you day to day. Now, I have kind of a second bankroll that I use for futures. I think that futures can be incredibly soft. And if you can get a little bit ahead of the news, if you can take the time when the schedule comes out and really grind through that and kind of find the peaks and valleys for teams, you can end up with a really nice portfolio at the end of the season where you have maybe five, six playoff teams that as long as one of them wins, you're in really good shape. So I like to approach the futures markets. Generally, again, I'm looking hopefully for some bigger numbers. You know, as award markets and things open up, I'll definitely be looking at those. And again, waiting for the schedule maybe to dive in more deeply. But look now, because a lot of these numbers, again, like I said, Dallas and Miami, I'm just looking for numbers that are only going to get smaller. So I think you go in with that attitude. You mentioned you like Dallas. What about the Nuggets? You know, if Jokic does finally get his his guys healthy again and get some help, would you take a flyer on them? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I think that's a number that you're going to be able to bet all season, and honestly, it might only get a little bit better for you. The problem with the Nuggets is they're not going to be getting really much better. The only way, like you said, they can get better is just getting healthier. And Michael Porter Jr., given what his back injury has been and what we've seen from him, I think it's maybe a little bit of a stretch to assume that he's going to be there for 82 games plus the playoffs. Now, Jamal Murray will be back. That makes a huge difference. But that team, unless, again, maybe somebody like Bones Highland can take a big step forward, is really going to struggle to get much better and really catch up with some of these teams in the Western Conference. So I will be keeping an eye on them and watching them very closely the first month. But I think you can wait on that one. Alex, Rookie of the Year. Um, those numbers are out after last week's draft. You know, Paolo Bancaro is the favorite at BetMGM 3-1. to one. Jabari Smith plus 350. Chet Holmer plus 475. Um, based on the landing spots, what we know about these players, anyone you like, or maybe if it's not a top three guy, maybe someone a little bit down the board, maybe a longer shot that was drafted beyond the top three. What do you think as you look towards the NBA Rookie of the Year for next year with the odds out now? It's always tough, this market, because it moves a lot. So this is the one specifically where I'll try to just kind of skip the top numbers. I think we saw last year you had a chance basically to be holding the top three vote getters all between six and eight to one. So as I look maybe a little bit further down the list, you know, you've got somebody like um, Usmani Dieng. I'm curious to see if he's going to get some minutes in Oklahoma City. He's a big number there at 25. At 20 to 1, Johnny Davis is going to step into a Wizards team where right away he's going to get an opportunity to be on the floor with the ball in his hands. 
And when you're looking at this award, the, the handicap really is someone who's going to be a starter for most of the season and someone who's going to put up counting stats. As much as we all have gotten really good at advanced analytics, media voting with all due respect to a lot of our friends, they look at points, rebounds, and assists. So focus on those numbers. Focus on guys that are going to play a lot. And some big numbers again right now. I think Johnny Davis, 25-1, to 1, is a nice look. Again, he's going to get a lot of minutes. I'm curious to see what Shaden Sharp does in Portland. That's another number that I don't mind. Um, so look at those two to start. With Alex Christensen on Bet Daily on Twitter at underscore noops. Big NBA better, as you can tell. Also big into tennis. So, of course, we have to hit on Wimbledon. We were just talking with uh, Kenny Ducey. And as far as men's futures, his plan of attack is going after uh, that third quarter on the men's side. Any men's futures that you like at the moment as we head into the second round tomorrow? I've been a big believer in the top two, and it's a really funny, and I feel odd saying this. I think there's a lot of value on Novak Djokovic to win the tournament at minus 125, minus 135, whatever number it is. We found out today that Matteo Berrettini is going to be out for the tournament due to COVID, and he was the second favorite. That pushes Nadal up now to the second favorite, and it takes him to Nadal, too. As I look at both of their spots and the draws, there's really not a lot of people in their way. Again, Novak was worried about Matteo Berrettini. He was worried about Hubie Hercaz, who lost yesterday. So look at some maybe Djokovic-Nadal exact final. Don't be afraid to lay some juice with Djokovic, you know, minus 135, minus 140 or better. And then Nadal, you'll, his numbers moved a little bit since Berrettini's out, but around 4-1, to 5-1. to one. I'm just going to take the big two on the men's side. It just seems kind of that straightforward in best of five tennis. What about on the women's side? Who do you like there? A lot of names at some bigger numbers there. We'll start with the Canadian, Bianca Andreescu. She is someone who a couple of years ago um, was arguably the best hardcourt player in the tournament. Is someone that's really smart. One of the toughest things in tennis to do is to be good between your ears, to not get rattled in those moments. It's a really tough sport. You're down below everybody. You're by yourself. No coaches. And as soon as that point's over, you got to stand up and play another one. So it makes a big difference. I really like her chances. She's right around 30 to 1 or so. I would be more than happy to add her there. Um, the second favorite to win the tournament, Ohms Jabor. Um, I've been backing her in a bunch of various ways. Her to win her quarter, her to reach the final, her to win the tournament. Um, she, I believe, is the second best grass player in the world, maybe the best grass player in the world. It's a much different surface. There's very few players that get to play it more than a couple weeks a year outside of Australia and Great Britain. There's just not a lot of grass courts on in planet Earth for these women to be playing on. So as you start to look at the experience, the favorite Iga Swiatek does not have a lot of it. Olmster Board does. She has a great game. So I've been back in her. And then Elena Ostapenko is someone that any particular week can kind of peak. And then um, Barbara Krejcikova um, finished, I think, second last time she played in this event, but a fantastic doubles player, a fantastic grass player all around. In general, if you're trying to handicap this tournament, really try to focus on grass results. It is a big, big change for a lot of these players. Uh, Alex, when you look at this tournament, the French Open coming up, how much of your handicap goes into the surface, right? Grass players, clay players versus just how well the player is playing coming in. How much do you weigh those two things? Because these are totally different kind of surfaces they play on. I think surface is everything. Um, it's such a, a big difference again. So grass, what you have is a very quick surface, very reactive for the ball. So what you see a lot more is it's better for servers because they can hit through the court a little more often. And you'll see a lot more what you call serve and volley. Volley means player on a championship team. Like AD needed LeBron. LeBron needed AD. 
Whereas Giannis was the best player on a championship team. It's slow. It's thick. Your feet sink down. The ball picks up clay and gets really heavy as you're going. It's really good for fitness players, um, people who can move, and people, again, who are power players that can hit through. They have hard courts kind of in the middle, and it really makes a huge difference. You have specialists every year that come into the grass season, a few names that just really make their hay there. Same thing on the clay season. So start with surface and then go to form. Alex, we have about a minute left. Any second-round matchups that uh, you really like? If I look on the women's side, I've got a whole bunch. I'll start with some that are today. Um, one of the bigger matches, Simona Halep is going to be playing. Carolina Mahova, I love the underdog there. Mahova has reached the quarterfinals here twice. She just doesn't play a lot of tennis, whether it be physical reasons, I'm not sure, and continues to be underrated. So give me her as the underdog, and I'm going to take the games, four, four and a half, whatever number you got there, and she should be around plus 250 on the money line. Another big underdog, Greet Minnen, plus 370 or so, and plus five and a half games. She goes against Garbina Muguruza, one of the best players probably of all time on the women's tour. We'll make the Tennis Hall of Fame at some point, but not based on what she's done this year. I don't know if she's officially retired or mentioned it to anybody, but it sure seems like she's working towards that. So we'll start with those two big dogs there. Um, and then Coco Vandeweghe, another big dog as well. She is plus 270 and plus four games. Goes against Rybakina, who has a great game for this, has a big name. Should be somebody winning this tournament, but it's just really floundered all year. And Coco comes in through qualifying, loves this surface. So three big dogs for you. Those should all be today. Great stuff. Alex, always appreciate you coming on. Alex Christensen on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for EDL from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BeckQL now to get $15 off your first one. That's GetRoman.com slash BeckQL. Coming up on the other side, Aaron Judge versus the field. Is there value on the home run leader in baseball? That's next. BeckQL Daily. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.